Well, hello, everybody. Welcome in. This is Coach V. I'm here with Coach Bills, um, two SAG coaches, two PTT coaches um, that are going to be discussing the NTT and uh, what's going on with that. So how are you doing, Coach? I'm all right. You said it. You already described my mood, but, you know, we're, uh, we're going to do the best we can in the tournament we've got. And good luck to everybody who's in the big dance. Yeah. So we'll start right off with Region 3. And we're going to start with Bakersfield. Bakersfield's been a mainstay. Um, four straight Final Fours, 18-0 uh, this year with a 78 strength of schedule. Um, you know, they... They lost two starters last year, kind of their two glue guys, and they uh, replaced them with, you know, really solid guys, probably uh, decently sized ties with Ian Lewis. I know Larry Hollenbeck was at least a tie. Um, I'm not sure about Ian Lewis, but... Wait, those guys were already there, though. Those are not the guys. Oh, you mean they joined the starting lineup? Yeah, they joined the starting lineup, yeah. I guess Larry Hollenbeck was starting... Um, yeah, so I, I messed that one up. Uh, but uh, Nicholas Wright and then um, Ian Lewis were the two that uh joined the starting lineup. So, yep, yep, <laughs> thanks for uh catching me there on that real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, Baker- sure, sure. Bakersfield is number so Austin Alexander's number five in game score, they're number five in points, number two in point margin number one in defensive free throws allowed, uh, number nine in defensive true shooting, number six in true shooting margin, number five in rebounding margin, number two in blocks. So they're pretty good. (laughs) Um, You know, 18 and 0. I mean, they've just rolled, you know, they've even beat Sioux City in the out-of-conference, in the exhibition. They beat New Orleans, another um, four seed uh, in the NTT. They beat them by 11. They've beat uh, Inglewood a couple times, who's a solid team. Um, this team's really, really good. They get to go up against Tempe, the T-Waniacs. And this is actually, you know, 103 is a pretty high ranking for a 16 seed. Um, Tempe, uh, let me see real quick. They won conference uh, 29, but they're fifth, and defensive free throws allowed, and that's it. Um but, you know, they got uh, Michael Langley, freshman, uh, playing really well at that small forward spot. You got Jose Red, uh, the point guard, who shoots a lot of threes. I mean, if this team gets half from three, you know, this isn't the worst um, 16C we've seen. You know, I, I think it's pretty highly ranked for what we usually see. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, that's cool and all. Good for yeah, Tempe, yeah. right? <laughs> but, I mean, if they get hot from three, they can what? Like, lose by 15, maybe, instead <laughs> of 30? Uh, you know, it's no no disrespect to them. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it'll be perceived that way. I don't know. It's just Bakersfield is great. You went through all the good teams they've beaten, uh, so we don't have to rehash that again. But 18-0 is always impressive, but then it's that much better when you're beating great teams. Uh and I guess that honestly, the thing that interests me about this matchup is Bakersfield's tournament and season, because they've got two senior stud big guys, particularly Alexander, but Hallenbach for sure, as we said, was a big tie. And you can see how, how talented he is. Those guys graduate. And, you know, certainly we could see, you know, more ties coming in. But uh, I think this could be the end of the Bakersfield era, right? Like this could be their last run. Uh, and it just hasn't been the case for a while. They've, you know, 
been restocking the cupboard and it's sort of been clear that there were guys waiting in the wings to fill, fill in for anybody who's going to graduate. Uh, it's going to be really tough for them to be at this level again next year. Even if they do break ties, pretty tough to find an Austin Alexander, you know? Uh, so I, I just think it's really interesting to see whether these guys can get one more title before they go out. Uh, so to me, that's the story because I, I don't think we're going to see this Bakersfield team be a one seed next year. Uh, you know, I, who knows, but I just, I, for the last few seasons, it hasn't been surprising when they're a one seed every year. And this to me seems like, you know, they might be like a four seed next year. You know, they're still going to be good because they have Becker. Becker's great. Uh, Lewis is another good player. It's not like they're going to be out of the NTT, but they have been the best program in the country for these past four or five seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I think they're going to take a little bit of a dip just be out of necessity. Uh, so they'll, they'll win this game and they may very well win the whole tournament, but that's what I have my eye on. Yeah. Unless they get lucky and win a couple of ties, right? I'm guessing they're going for that impact, those impact bigs this year. Um, hey, you know, I have said before on this podcast and to you privately that it seems like when you lose a star, you bring in a star. So I'm not going to be at all surprised if they bring in a tie. It's just, you know, again, Alexander, you know, mm -hmm. scoring 20 points, 11 rebounds, four blocks. And you it's can't replace really, really hard. Yeah. It's just really hard to find those guys, you know. You can break a tie, but that doesn't mean you're going to get a guy that good. And particularly two, Allen yeah. and Alexander in those spots. Really, really hard to to replace that. You know, it's kind of ironic because I actually said something very, very similar, I think, on the podcast about Sioux City last year. And uh, they're <laughs> they're doing pretty well for themselves, 18-0 and 0 and <laughs> number one seed. This is fair. This is fair. You mean because Sky oh. yeah, Skyler Wynn was leaving. Uh, yeah, I always thought, you know, Montgomery's still there. He's yeah, But also, yeah. I mean, I don't think you were necessarily wrong, right? Like, this is that, that you know, we're not talking about Region 2, but this Sioux yeah. City team is not the same team as last year. They're not going to go 24-0. There, yeah. my bold prediction on that. They, they're going to lose at some point. Bakersfield, it looks great. They're set up for a run this year. I think Sioux City is not quite at that same level, even though they're awesome too. Yeah. Well, there you go. You get a little bonus take. Yeah, from right. Bills. I like it. <laughs> Let's I'm firing today. I'm going to criticize as many teams as possible with my team having <laughs> NTT. So get ready. Yeah. You get you get unfiltered Bills with uh, now that he's not in the NTT, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's look at the 8-9 matchup. We got Utica. Man, Utica, they, you know, there's something, like, Conference 2 got <laughs> some really high-rated teams this year. Um, you know, they they were the beneficiaries of, you know, one of the, I mean, did they get number one uh, strength of schedule as a uh, conference this year? Yeah. They're oh, yeah, one, good question, yeah. Um, by four points over Conference 15, so. Uh, but Utica is one of the teams that made in. I think it was, let's see, I think four teams made it in from conference two. Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah. And this would be the fourth team. But, uh, you know, they went 12 and six. They got us, I mean, solid team. And this is actually Coach SC Steve's uh, second ever NTT. So I think he made one. Um, Back in season 19, uh, mm -hmm. he didn't have, like, a huge, like, he was ranked number 100, as, um, and he, he was one of the lower seeds, you know, he got in as an uh, automatic bid, but, you know, pretty impressive for him to get back here with this team. They played good against uh, a good strength of schedule. Let me look real quick at um, what they got. Utica, number seven in three-pointers attempted, and that's it. 
So they're going up against Orlando, the Octopus. Um, 16-2, and two, not as tough of a strength of schedule, 190, but um, 33 ranked overall. Uh, they they use a lot of balance. Almost every player's um, scoring 10 points a game at, in the starting lineup. Evan Lieb is a little under. Um, but this team, you know, like, they have they have balance. They're a little smaller. Evan Lieb, uh, I think it is. Yeah, he's a 6'6". Mm-hmm power forward but you know the guy passes a little bit and i would say that's that's their weak position um but uh yeah let me look real quick at orlando orlando is number four in free throws attempted and that's it so yeah what do you think about this matchup um oh wait they are also four in defensive free throws attempted so uh, yeah Big margin there. Yeah. Eight more free throws attempted than their opponents per game. Mm-hmm. That's, that is impressive. Um, but to, to go, go back to Utica for a minute. So you're right. Uh, this coach hasn't been to the NTT more than once before this season in League 31. But I can tell you from our days back in League 8 years and years ago, literally, you know, real time years ago, uh, his Evansville program was one of the better programs in the league. So this is a, a coach who's been around for a long time, knows, knows what he's doing. Uh, active, somewhat active on the message boards. I, he's part of that NBA Dreams League. Uh, in fact, I think he may be the commissioner of it at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Also a, a Bills fan, so obviously a great guy, no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, so it's a good coach who just maybe hasn't had the kind of success in League 31 that he's had in past seasons. Um, now with that, you know, there's nice things said out of the way. There certainly are some reasons to be skeptical about this year's Utica team starting with the fact that they were nine and 15 last year and in the RTT, you know, so you gave the point that they had only been in the NTT once before, but it goes beyond that. Right. I mean, they haven't even been in the PTT for a few seasons, you know, it's the RTT last year, DTT the season before. So this is a huge jump. And, you know, whenever you see a conference ranked this highly, that isn't always ranked this highly, uh, you start to wonder whether maybe it's a small sample size issue, a couple of nice out-of-conference wins for one or two of their teams that sort of bump up the entire conference and make them look a little bit better than they really are. Um, I mean, there are three teams in this conference that are ranked in the top 10. You mentioned yeah. the four made it. Yeah, you know, the other three are all in the top 10. Um, and they're good teams, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's just uh, you sort of wonder whether maybe as a whole the conference is a little bit overranked. Uh, the Utica team has some nice talent for sure. Uh, a star freshman point guard in Jose Glass, uh, some decent sophomore and junior talent, not great seniors. So it, there's a plausible explanation for how they've improved this season, but it's still a big jump to go from nine and 15 to all of a sudden, you know, 12 and six and an eight seed in the NTT. Yeah. Um, by contrast, Orlando was in the NTT last year. Uh, didn't fare all that well, finished 54th, but they were there. And, you know, they, they're back and uh, it's just, although their strength of schedule is markedly worse than Utica's in some sense, I feel I have a little bit more trust in the Orlando program Uh, in a longer term sense. This team has sort of been there before. So uh, I think it could be a good game, but I I lean Orlando's way just to sort of see whether I I guess I have to see it from Utica outside of, of outside of conference too, because and in the non-conference, you know, they did just fine. They beat a team in Shreveport that finished 64th. Uh, they have a loss to my conference mate, Eugene, which is in the NTT. 
perfectly acceptable, reasonable loss, 86.75. But there's no win that really jumps out and makes you go, oh, yeah, this team clearly belongs. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's true for Orlando as well. So I, I don't want to be hypocritical, you know. Uh, Maybe the Harrisburg win, but that's in conference. And I'm yeah, I meant out of conference. Yeah. I meant out of conference. Um, but you're right. And and in fact, this Utica team was very close to actually winning the regular season in conference yeah. too. They lost. They lost on a power ranking tiebreaker to Harrisburg. Uh, and, I they didn't have to play that gauntlet. Of, you know. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. That's right. I will say this: like you can mm-hmm. say all you want about Utica and their history, um, mm-hmm. Jose Glass is the real deal. Like, yeah, he's part sure. of a 54 16 class, and like stepping up as a freshman with 2.3 steals, only 1.8 turnovers, 20 points a game on 60.9% true shooting, and it kind of like in a conference where you're going up against really solid players. Um, that's that's no that's no light task, and like this guy, this guy is built for stuff like this. I, I'm excited to see him and if he can show up. Yeah, you're right. And point guards can make, including freshman point guards, can make a pretty huge difference in the NTT. We've seen it before. Yeah. Um, let's move down to the next matchup. We have the Pontiac Clown Babies going up against the Vicksburg Blue Rage. Um, Pontiac, coached by coach uh, J-Dub Schultz, um, you know, self-proclaimed best coach out there. Uh, <laughs> um, and... Uh, I mean, obviously, he's a really good coach. I just saw a thread one time where you said, am I the greatest coach of all? Oh, I, I remember it. It's on the yeah. general board. We all saw it. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he's got Angelo Basenti, and that guy, uh, he gets buckets. <laughs> 59.6% true shooting, 25 points per game. Uh, they got the point guard, Connor Lawhorn, who's getting 10.6 assists. They got the freshman big men, a little undersized, but... You know, they get the job done. They're part of a four. They they, score, they went 14 and four. And this team's always had the talent, but they just haven't been able to put it together um, for a while. You know, just going to the PTT with, you know, one of the best teams talent wise out there year after year. Um, they kind of broke through this year, um, didn't win their conference because of Sioux City, but, you know, had a. I mean, they, they finished the year pretty strong after that loss to Sioux City. They, you know, went on one, I think, uh, six straight before losing to St. Louis in the semifinals. Uh, I'm excited to see this talent in the NTT because they haven't had a chance to um, for a while. Uh, but what they're going up against is a pretty solid team in in their own right in Vicksburg, especially with that freshman and junior uh, classes. You got Ryan Pence, part of an 828 class. You got Jacob Little and Jacob Stanford. Um, Jacob Stanford shooting 57.3% from the field, 63.1% true shooting. Now, granted, like they play almost the worst schedule in the league. <laughs> it's really hard to get a, a feel on this team. They lost to not a great Fort Lauderdale team. Uh, they did beat Plainview uh, NTT by one team by uh, one point in the uh in the out of conference but they also lost to naples um this team is very untested um they've been playing normal since uh that naples game that they lost and they've put seem to play better d but um yeah I'm, I'm interested to see how these two teams match up with each other these teams are really even 
for a 413 match. Mm -hmm. I really do. And, you know, you go through the schedules. You mentioned Vicksburg's awful strength of schedule and the fact that, you know, it they have what one one decent win and it's by one point and a couple questionable losses. But you could say pretty much the same thing about Pontiac, right? I mean, yeah. they have lost they won't lost two out of three to St. Louis, which is number 39 mm -hmm. uh, in the country. So, you know, we're talking about a four seed who on the from those three matchups looks like they might be a little bit worse than this team that's actually ranked 39. So, you know, a good team, but not a top four protected seed team. They couldn't hang with Sioux City at all, got beat by 27, uh, and lost to Milwaukee, uh, I guess, to be fair, only one out of the three times they played them, but, you know, a team that's 89th. So, you know, on resume, Pontiac is a, is a little bit better, uh, but not by some big margin. Uh, they don't really have a win like Vicksburg's. Uh, I, I mean, I guess their one win against St. Louis is just as good as Vicksburg's one win against Plainview. So it's it's relatively even between yeah. the two, but for a 4-13 matchup, you don't really, I don't see that much space between these two teams. And you mentioned the high-end talent that Vicksburg has. Uh, they do have one sophomore in the starting lineup and one senior from, you know, sort of middling classes. And they're at the power forward and center spot. And I wonder whether you might see Vicente going up against one of those guys to try to take advantage of them. Uh, he was playing small forward for the first 10 games. He's played power forward ever since. So it would seem like he'll probably be at that four spot against mm -hmm. a guy in Tyler Wayne, who has pretty decent defensive numbers, but maybe overall isn't the kind of player you'd be too excited to have going up against a star. So um, I, I think Pontiac has a little bit of an edge because of that, you know, star talent they have. But overall, I see this as, as relatively even. Yeah. Another interesting thing that I just noticed was that this is their, this is J.W. Schultz's fifth NTT um, with Pontiac in, I think, 18 years, which seems a little low, um, you know. coach of all time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he had a low run. Like, you know, he started in season 14 and built up the team, went to three straight NTTs. But since then, he's had a lot of trouble. Uh, I mean, this is <laughs> this is where the big boys come to play in uh, League 31. Um, so yeah. I hear. I, w I wouldn't know because we're not there, but I think that's right. Yeah uh anyway just just an aside uh but let's keep going we'll go on to the 5-12 matchup we got the aspen fourth plateau going up against the buffalo rangers aspen you know they've been killing it from the recruiting rankings you know they brought in that 914 class to go with a 9-3 and then um a 21-54 junior class uh they got some they got some studs. The only one that's starting is Christian Coleman, uh, the power forward, uh, you know, but, you know, scoring 12 points. They got Kevin Barnhart, the junior, scoring 24 points on 53% uh, true shooting. Wesley Kane's a really solid point guard, 5.6 assists, 2.4 steals, um, and 60.9% true shooting. So this team really relies on their true shooting. They don't play the best. I mean – I would say their strength of schedule is a little underrated. Uh, just being in Conference 21, you're going to play some solid teams, but um, the rankings don't seem to like it as much as, uh, as uh, yeah, um, as I do. Uh, and I will say this, they have lost uh, three of their last six games, um, which, you know, they, they lost to good teams. They lost to Aberdeen. They lost to Boise twice um in close all all three within um 
you know, 10 points in close games. So, and then they finished off uh, averaging, kicking him out of the NTT today, by beating him by 25 points. So I think, uh, I mean, Aspen, I do think has a solid team. They're going up against Buffalo. You might know a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, just based on your dad being in the conference. Oh, I thought maybe you meant because I'm a Bills fan. I'm, you know, in the Buffalo area. That's too. Rangers, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they don't look like an overly talented team, but they got a really good sophomore class. Um, Aaron Dahl in there. Um, that, but he's the only one playing. You know, they got some height um, at different positions. There's a lot of balance. Um, you all, you're 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 the conference one advocate, always sticking up for for the conference. They actually won their uh, uh, conference tournament. That's right, beating um, Hershey. Yeah, beat. Yeah, being Hershey, um, and they got a little lucky getting to play uh, the Commandos, Washington Commandos, in the second round after they upset uh, Allentown, the um, the conference winner. Um, but here, let me look real quick. Buffalo is number nine in turnovers, and that's it. And then um, Aspen is. Number two in defensive points allowed. Number two in defensive true shooting. And that's it. So they're a defensive team. They're going to try and stifle them. What do you see in this matchup? Uh, well, first, a little sympathy for this Hershey team that, as you mentioned, is coached by my dad. Uh, they were in position to win this same conference, conference one that Buffalo is in. All they had to do was win their last regular season game, and they lost in overtime. Ooh. And then they made the conference tournament final and had another chance to get into the NTT, and then they got beat by Buffalo. Not in a particularly close game, to be fair, but so tough luck for them. Uh, yeah. But congrats, congrats, kudos to Buffalo for getting in. Uh, it's true I've been a conference one apologist at times on this podcast. I think sometimes it gets a bit of a bad rap because it was just so bad for so long, and now it's like kind of pretty bad as opposed to horrendous uh but i don't think buffalo is on aspen's level i mean i just went through how in the 413 game i see the teams as pretty even i don't see that here in the 512 um i like this aspen team i think they have the size uh, I, M- mazara is okay freshman big guy for buffalo i remember him as a recruit he's he's fine um i don't think he's a great player i you know i just think this buffalo team is Decent have you know has a nice lead scorer and fry at the shooting guard spot. Um, Barnhart's numbers are down for Aspen. You might remember him from last year, or I guess it was even the, I guess it was his freshman year. Yeah, freshman year he scored twenty eight point six a game. First team all uh, league freshman year. Yeah, yeah. Or first team all freshman league, third team all league. Yeah, there you go. So he and he, he's fallen off a bit since then, but we know he's got that kind of talent in him. So I think he can probably match Fry shot for shot. And the rest of the team, I think, has the advantage. Now, this is my last question for you about this game. How do you pronounce the name of the starting small forward for Aspen? Junior McCray. Okay, so you say junior. That's what I kept saying. And then I realized it might be JR. Yeah. Uh, like JR Smith. If JR, his second initial would be capitalized, even though I they agree. don't that in this game. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But yeah, that's the strange part. I mean, are there, is that a name? Just Junior without the U N I O? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it seems like more of a nickname, but. We got to bring RoboCoach on to find this out. Yeah. 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 Uh... Well, if you're here to hear, uh, Rebel Coach, um, you have been requested to join the podcast. 
yeah get a you know maybe just put out a robot signal something like yeah that. yeah show up. all right let's look at this ocala college station matchup ocala the opossums um a two seed uh coach subpar stash um they're number four in assists number seven in points number four in free throws attempted and that is it uh you know, they're 15 and three, number 10. They lost a tough one today to Clearwater. Clearwater it was in a must win situation and they won it. Um, interesting, uh, you know, Ocala dropped three spots from seven to 10, but they still got a two seed. I feel like that always happens. Like, it does. 10 like, gets a two seed and like the seven gets a three seed or something like that. Like, it's I don't weird. know why. Like, yeah. I mean, Team presumably Lenny. it's to avoid, I don't know, some sort of matchup, you know, conf- conference matchup. That's that's presumably what it, what the reason is, but I actually don't buy it because I've, like, looked at it in the past where it's happened, and, like, you could easily switch the two teams, and, like, they wouldn't there wouldn't be a conference um, thing. So, I, I think yeah, it's... This year, it was New York City, which is their number eight. They ended up yeah. as a three, three seed. I think it's a glitch. <laughs> yeah, see, it does. We should put. You can post about it on the bugs board. Yeah, I, I think it's a glitch. Even though, like, yeah, because like New York City could um, easily, like New York City could easily play. Uh, sorry, New York City could easily play College Station, and uh, Ocala could easily play Anchorage and there's no problem not even in the second round but I mean okay I'm looking at this now I wonder if it's so okay New York City's eighth right so you would slot them in as the two seed in region four is that right or no maybe the two region one and three they wait well yeah okay go ahead why I was just gonna say move switch them exactly with Ocala so that they I just mean in terms of like what the natural slot if you on like the S curve, right? So like the number one team in the country goes one seed region one. So yeah, actually their natural spot should have been two seed region one, because that's how that would usually go. Number one in the country is the top seed in region one, and the number eight in the country is the two seed in region one. Uh so yeah, I don't know why New York City couldn't be the two seed there. Uh, and it depends for Daytona because Daytona is a seven seed, and it's like, well, now you have a tougher team in there. But we're, yeah, anyway. we're digressing a little bit, so just a bit. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is what you come here for. This hard hitting analysis, right? I hope so. I mean, well, I mean, this is something that at least some coaches are going to care about, right? I mean, New York City's coach, you know, go OSU. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he probably doesn't like this, and he might maybe he's listening. So. You know, we're talking about what some of the people want to hear, I hope. I hope so. Um, so this is, I mean, Ocala's got that one-two class, and that one-two class has never really shown up on the court. It's, I mean, none of them are, like, huge scores. Justin Stewart has taken a step up this year. He's scoring 17.7 points per game. Um, but, you know, it's... It's always like, okay, this class should do more. This is the first year that they've had like a lot of success and had a high seed in the NTT. Partially because they've just rolled through, they rolled through the PNTT, beating a ton of re- really good teams. They beat Rockford in the other conference game. That was a huge win. Daytona is getting a lot of credit. Um, they got 
they were ranked number seven. They lost to them by eight, so um, that's something. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing the conference is getting a lot of credit because there's some high-ranked teams in here. Totally, and this is one of them. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Conference 10 definitely is is getting some love, and Ocala and Daytona both being in the top 10. So Ocala also, to be fair, has a nice win over Rockford. Maybe you yeah, said yeah. that, and that's it. Yeah, okay, you said that. So, yeah, you know, the, yeah, I heard you say the PNTT wins and then that win as well. So uh, yeah. it's it's a pretty good resume. But it, it's true that that 2-1 class, a hardwood sim hoops, looks a little bit better. Uh, those numbers look better than the stats do on yeah. the stats page. Yeah, so maybe there's some hidden. I mean, you know, and they're seniors. It's like players play better when they're seniors. It's just, yeah. it's just what they do. Um, they're going up against College Station. College Station's interesting. They haven't been, you know, they've always had, they've always like competed for Conference Twenty Three, but, um, you know, they haven't been to the NTT for a while. They were a mainstay there for a mm-hmm. while, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. from like the you know the late single digits to the early 20s i think they were always in the ntt um mm-hmm. but now they're back um they, they really rely on patrick fleck and jonathan Wirtz. uh both guys shooting really well not a great strength of schedule uh number 215 and they're 13 and 5 i think they're gonna have a hard time with this matchup yeah no no argument uh but it's worth noting that during those years when they were in the ntt consistently they were a 13 seed, 14 seed, 12 seed, and would win in the re- in the first round. I mean, not every single time, but that is the way I think of those runs, is this College Station team would come in as not-so-great seed and then win a game or two um, and surprise people like me, at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, also worth noting, they have some nice depth, at least in terms of scoring. Uh, their backups can actually score. If you go per 30, you can see three of their backups score in double digits per 30 minutes and have a double-digit game score. Uh, and then a fourth actually has 9.1 points per 30. Mm-hmm. Not something you necessarily expect to see from a 15 seed, you know. So there's some good balance there, uh, which could keep them in the game, even if they get in some foul trouble or if one of their – you mentioned they rely on Fleck and Wurtz, and that's true. But if one of those guys is off a little bit, those guys can help. Um, probably worth giving Fleck a little more credit too. I mean, he's scoring 18 points per 30 minutes on a blistering 65% true shooting, right? Uh, so that guy can really, can really score. Uh, and he's the kind of player that might be able to swing a game as a, you know, as a 15 seed. Um, but I would also agree that they'll probably have a tough time, you know, who knows how far Ocala can go, but they've had a nice season. They have a nice senior class. You know, I wouldn't expect them to get bounced this early. Yeah. Um, let's look at the seven ten matchup. We got the Virginia Beach Vipers going up against the Plainview Butt Sniffers. Um, both teams have a lot of talented classes. Um, Virginia Beach with that freshman class, and uh, and then you got Plainview. You got that sophomore and uh, junior. Even their senior class is pretty good. Um, Stanley Slatery is just a stud. You know, twenty three point eight points a game, sixty one point two percent for shooting. Uh, Virginia Beach, you know, they're they're more balanced, but, you know, Kenneth Hawks, um, the sophomores playing really well. And then Christian Randall and uh, Joel Beckman, um, you know, they're really solid players. You know, they're, they can pass, they can defend, they can rebound, um, you know, score. Like, they're, they're just really, really well-rounded um, guys that, 
you can just count on to do multiple things uh, for you. So, um, yeah, this Virginia Beach team looks interesting to me. They they look like they're getting. I mean, you know, last the RTT and they were and they brought in a really big class and that seems to have helped them quite a bit. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's a couple teams with pretty decent, at least Virginia beach has a nice resume. Uh, I mean, they have two losses, both to top 50 teams uh, and both by small margins, you know, they lost by two to number 21 Sumter first game of the season. And they lost by three today to number 47 Ithaca, a team yeah. they destroyed in their first matchup, 86 to 49. So, you know, there's no awesome win for Virginia Beach, but, you know, they also don't have the bad loss, which is nice to see. Yeah. Uh, Plainview, I think, has earned some respect, at least from me, from what they did last year in the NTT. You know, I thought they were kind of a one-man band last year. I wasn't sure how far they really could go with Slattery doing so much for them uh, as a freshman in particular. And then they went on to make the Sweet 16. Uh, and win a couple of consolation games after that too. So I, I, you know, they started this season real rough. They lost their first three games, you know, in the PNTT, uh, meaning their first three regular season games, all of which were in the PNTT. They didn't actually lose the first three PNTT games. They won two of those yeah. in pre preseason. Uh, but so that, that was tough to come back from that, lose only one game the rest of the way, uh, you know, sort of dominate conference 26, which isn't a murderer's row, but, Still, to recover from that uh, is a nice accomplishment. Um, but I, I think it I think it should be a good game. I like both of these teams. And I just want to point out, too, that if Virginia Beach wins and if College Station can continue its history and upset Ocala, we'll see an all-Vipers second-round oh, wow. matchup. College Station against Virginia Beach, Vipers versus Vipers. So that's something to root for. Good call. Good call. That would be big. Um, one thing I want to point out, I've, I, I think – it's not crazy to say that conference five has historically been the worst conference in all of yeah. drive the lane. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But there's some solid teams uh, in the top half. The bottom half is very bad um, still, but like, you know, Ithaca made the NTT. They have a, I mean, coach Wayne B 11 has been building a solid program and Boston and Yonkers are on the up and up too. So um, I'm interested to see, you know, they've at least brought in some good classes the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, Boston has a good yeah. sophomore class and one looks like a decent gap in their in their freshman class. So, um, yeah, and conference is ranked 20th, which for, yeah. for that conference is terrific. Yeah. So that was, I just want to give them a quick shout out for that. Um, sure. Cool. Let's look at the 314 matchup. We got the Charlotte Sand Sharks. Coached by Coach JBSD, not two, um, going up against the Little Rock Lizards. Uh, you know, 13 and 5 and 15 and 3 for Charlotte. Charlotte, you know, they have some really solid players with Tashawn Weed and David Butler, Riley Richards, um, you know, kind of leading the way those three. And then they got a couple big men down there that, um, you know, really take care of stuff. They've done pretty well all year they had a decent showing in the pntt only lost to macon and fremont and then they really struggled with starkville but you know today they changed some things around they put Tashawn weed at power forward and it seemed to do the trick i mean they just killed him um they shot 62.7 percent from the field 98 points um to only 78 for starkville and that was and starkville was actually the last team um, 
out of the NTT. So they were right. I mean, they were, he knocked them right out with that game. Um, yeah. So you, and you figure you mentioned the margin, right? I mean, if it had been a closer yeah. game, even maybe Starkville makes it. And Little Rock won uh, today by five over Chicago, and that gave them an automatic bid. And, you know, this team's been on fire. You know, they, the first eight games of the season, they were three and five. Um, and, I mean, some of those teams were pretty good. You know, they lost to Rochester, Duluth, Chicago. But they also lost to Minneapolis and Philadelphia, who are both in the 200s. Then they come back, win eight straight, um, including a huge one over two, two in a row over Chicago. Um, this team is playing their best ball at the right time. Um, they got a tough, they got a tough matchup. But Coach UConn knows what he's doing. Um, Joshua Funky uh, scoring 23 points. Uh, I'm interested to see if they can keep it up. So a couple things about that. First of all, you threw in Duluth as a good team that Little Rock lost to. And I'm going to have to dispute that. I mean, Duluth, despite its history, ranked only number 126 right now, uh, number one seed in the RTT. So yeah. uh, not not what we remember from Duluth. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the rest of what you said is certainly true. I mean, Little Rock, great run of late. Uh, they beat Jefferson City yep. in the non-conference uh, team from your conference, of course. Uh, those two wins against, you know, a top 25 team in Chicago are impressive. You know, great coach, one of the best, certainly. So, you know, all of those factors can give Charlotte some pause. Uh, but I, I think Charlotte has the better team. I'm curious to see whether they stick with this new lineup that you mentioned that they used against Starkville. I mean, it was so successful against a foe that had given them so many problems. And I think it, it makes some sense, right? I mean, I under, so what they did was they took their seven, two center and moved him to the bench uh, and put this guy Hawkins, who I think maybe a few of us might remember from last season as a recruit, uh, moved him six ten from power forward to center and then moved weed to the four, as you said. Uh, so you take out Williams who has all the size, but, you know, it really doesn't have great numbers, you know, 10 and a half rebounds blocks are okay. He's not blocking tons of shots per game. He also scores 1.2 points per game, uh, points per 30, excuse me, per game. It's even less, uh, 1.1. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of, when Charlotte made its run to the final four, a couple of seasons ago, it was with five scorers in the starting lineup. That's how they did it. And they had great shooting. And when you insert Jason Harris in that yeah. small forward spot who came in today, they're right back to having five scorers again. So if I was, you know, coach JBSD nut too, uh, without knowing really anything about the actual attributes of these guys, I'd be very tempted to stick with that lineup. And I think these guys may be able to make a run that way. Uh, so I, I think probably with either lineup, they can get through this game and beat little rock, but long-term I'll be very curious to see whether, Williams stays on the bench. Yeah, we shall see. Um, let's look. Let's wrap it up with the six eleven matchup. We got Carson City, a team you know well, uh, going up against Arlington. Um, you know Carson City. They got you know seniors Andres Frank and then Anthony Hamilton, who's just a stud, fifty seven percent from the field, just like just a walking bucket, and then. Uh, Jermel Murray, not to be confused with Jamal, um, mm -hmm. you know, the point guard, 18 points a game, you know, uh, 
they get they they got a solid team. They they're really talented. Last year they made it to the Sweet Sixteen. I think uh, two years before that they made it to the Sweet Sixteen. They got they got some talent. Um, these guys have experience in the NTT. They know what it takes to win. Um, they're going up against an Arlington team that's got um, Taylor Asher. So I love that big man matchup uh, between Asher and Hamilton. I feel like it's. Um, I mean, they he's shooting fifty six point three percent. This guy's always been like a stud, but they got five scorers um, on their team. They're all really efficient. They play a tough schedule in Conference Twenty Four, um, and you know he's playing his best players. He's got two seniors from the seven five class, and he's got three juniors from the one one class. Now, you know. They struggled. They lost to Charlotte by three. They lost to San Antonio. They, I mean, there's no, like, horrible losses. Um, but also, like, they haven't beat anyone until they beat Norman by 13 um, in the conference tournament. They, they kind of got away with, like, not playing a ton of crazy, crazy teams. But, you know, everyone on their schedule is also pretty solid other than uh, Cheyenne and uh, Amarillo. So... Yeah, what do you think about this matchup? So, two seasons in a row, I have been really bullish on Carson City's prospects in the NTT. Uh, you might remember two seasons ago, they were playing Lansing in the first round in like a 7-10 game. And I said, I, yeah. think the winner, I think the winner of that game goes on to win the region. And I think Lansing did, uh, or at least came darn close. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I was saying Carson City was, was legit. They were real good. Last season, too, I liked them. They made the Sweet 16. So I say all that to set up the credibility for this comment, which is I don't think this team is that good this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the same Carson City team. Uh, you know, my team is in the PTT. We deserve to be in the PTT. And we came real close to beating them both times we played them. They beat us by three and by one. Uh, and if we win one of those games, we may have won the conference, not them. So I get I'm not supposed to be talking about my team, but my point is we're not all that awesome. And we're, we're right on their level. Very, very competitive. Uh, Carson City lost a star point guard, uh, Peter Edwards, who graduated last year. Murray is fine, but he's not Peter Edwards. Uh, Hamilton is still there. He's great. Maybe he can carry them to a win, but this is just not the same dangerous Carson City team that we've seen in the past couple seasons. I really think they've been underrated going into the NTT for the last two years. And this year, I think they're probably a bit overrated. Um, it's, It's really Hamilton and not a whole lot else on this team. Uh, and you know, if you're going to have one guy, that's a great one guy to have, but it's not a formula. I don't think for a deep run, whereas Arlington by contrast really does have that kind of talent. I mean, you talked about their inconsistent season and it's true, but just two years ago, they were in the elite eight with a very young team. And these guys are, have now grown up, you know, Mm -hmm. the seniors, the seniors and the juniors comprise the entire starting lineup. Those guys are all, you know, from top seven classes, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so I see this Arlington team as a real threat to make a deep run uh, in this in this region. So I see them as the favorite in this game for sure. Yeah, I think I picked them to the final four last year, and they spurned me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> right. They need to get back. So, all right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's make some uh, picks on how we think this uh, group's going to play out. Um, I'm going to take, uh, Bakersfield over Utica. I'm going to take Aspen over Vicksburg. Um, and 
Bakersfield over Aspen on the top half. On the bottom half, um, I'm taking Virginia Beach over Ocala, and I'm taking Charlotte over Arlington. And I think Charlotte can beat Virginia Beach, but lose to Bakersfield in the Elite Eight. That makes a lot of sense to me. I would have some similar picks. A uh, few few little differences. I lean toward Orlando over Utica, for example, but Bakersfield would beat the winner of that game. I like Vicksburg. Uh, I think I'll take Vicksburg to beat Aspen in that second round, uh, but then Bakersfield would win there, so I have them on the top. Uh, on the bottom, I think I like Plainview, given what Slattery did last year. I think they're yep. uh, you know a good good threat to win two games and get, get to the Sweet 16. And then on the very, very bottom, I, I like Arlington a lot. I would lean their way. They only lost to Charlotte by three the first time they played them, right? So even though it would be a 3-11 three, matchup, if it happens, it was obviously a very competitive game. Uh, the thing that gives me pause is that new lineup for Charlotte. I really think they may have found something with Williams And I am. I'm very intrigued. Uh, and so I think I will take Charlotte uh, to get to the Sweet 16 play plain view and then uh whoever wins that game i, I do think gets beaten by bakersfield I, I think this year's bakersfield team uh you know they're in the final four every year but with the with the big guys they have uh i think they're going to be even more difficult to beat in these early rounds uh the one thing i was i failed to say about about bakersfield when we talked about them before is uh they do have kind of a weak link in the starting lineup uh maybe you said it and i missed it but this guy nicholas Wright playing playing small forward and who knows maybe, maybe you know he's a a favorite of coach hawkeye maybe he's you know he you can see he's got decent defensive numbers uh so he may just be a lockdown defender but offensively he's a bit of a problem right i mean he, he's scoring 3.9 points per 30 on you know bad shooting and he's got two turnovers per 30 and it's not like he gets a bunch of assists so uh, you don't usually see a team go all the way with a guy who looks that weak offensively. So I think they may have enough to get out of this region, uh, but I don't know if I see this Bakersfield team as the one that will actually cut down the nets. Yeah, they got a lot of uh, history of losing in the Final Four. So. Right, right. This is fair. <laughs> but you know they'll make it, probably. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Four, four, in a, four in a row. That's pretty darn good. Final Fours, I mean. Well, great. Um... Well, we'll wrap it up there and we'll do Region 4.